Welcome once again to the podcast, Discover the Hidden Potential of Your Mind. My name is Angelica and I'm a belief change coach and relationship coach. And I'm here again today with my daughter Tia to talk about another relationship topic. Our episode today is on gender-specific communication styles. And I'm so happy that you're doing this with me again, Tia. My pleasure. This topic is really relevant in my life right now, actually. And I've been having quite a few difficulties with it myself. Okay, let's jump right in then. Yeah. Uh, what I was curious about is why you suggested this topic in particular for the podcast today. Well, because it just came up again during my client sessions this past week. And three years ago, I wrote an article with the title, You Just Don't Understand. And that's actually the title of a book by Deborah Tannen. And she wrote this book 15 years ago. And that article was about how men and women are socialized differently when it comes to communication. They often communicate at cross purposes. Just as people have maybe different dialects when they speak, men and women often speak with what Deborah Tannen calls different gender lacts. That's pretty interesting. I do have a little bit of hesitation to this, though, because it sounds a lot like gender roles to me. Just because someone is male or female doesn't mean that they always communicate in a certain way, you know? Right, absolutely. And in general, I'm, as you know, all about focusing on what men and women have in common, because I don't think it helps us to focus on the differences unless we use the understanding of certain differences to bridge the gap. So my goal today is absolutely to stay away from generalizations, but to understand maybe, let's call it different tendencies, so that we can understand each other better. And I love that you're here with me to provide a more nuanced view of the topic, also from a point of view of your generation. Yeah, I am curious about how you would apply this, these general, not generalizations, these uh, tendencies to gay couples. Because although both partners are raised with the same communication expectations, I would still argue that they differ in their communication, you know? Because regardless of how the gay community hates questions like, who's the man in the relationship? I do think that one partner takes on more of a masculine energy and the other one takes on more of a feminine energy. And the only reason that we see it this way is because of the gender roles associated with each communication style in our society. Agreed. So let's just look at Tannen's research as tendencies. Mm -hmm. And she has observed them as something that applies to men or to women. But uh, we can try and look at it in a more general way. I think her research is still extremely useful. And um, this topic came up again when I was working with a couple this week who were experiencing stress in their marriage because of what she called lack of communication. He didn't feel it was a lack of communication uh -huh. necessarily, but it was actually more than that. It was communicating with different purposes. He was communicating with the purpose to inform, mm -hmm. while she was hoping for him to communicate with the purpose of including her in his thoughts, in his feelings, in his decisions, and hoping to connect that way. Okay. And um, we talked through different examples. He was also trying to fix her problems. That's how he was trying to show his love and tell her what she should do 
when she shared something, for example, problems at work, while she was hoping for her feelings to just be acknowledged mm -hmm. and for him to convey that he actually trusts her to solve her own problems and that she will, and that she would ask if she needs help. Mm -hmm. That sounds like you're saying that women want to just share their feelings and don't want the, pro the partner to necessarily fix their problems. Yeah, sometimes. But at other times, of course, one partner wants specific help. Um, I had another client this week, another female client who was trying to get through to her husband about needing her winter tires put on on her car. And the conversation around that didn't go smoothly either. In that case, she actually needed his help. Uh -huh. However, this particular couple I was talking about, she complained, and I've heard that over and over again, that he didn't communicate enough. She felt excluded. So let me start with a quote from Deborah Tennant's book. Deborah Tennant says, Many women are deeply hurt when men don't talk to them at home, and many men are deeply frustrated by feeling they have disappointed their partners without understanding how they failed or how else they could have behaved. So let me just sit with that for a moment. There's pain in that situation for both people. Even if we generalize this more and we say one partner wants to talk and the other feels they have failed. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Why is it that couples are experiencing this? Well, according to Tenen, the gender differences when it comes to communication stem from a different upbringing, a different socialization. Mm -hmm. Even though things are changing, and especially since Tenen wrote this book 15 years ago, I believe men and women are still socialized differently. Mm -hmm. And that starts with boys in general, playing in larger groups. And these groups seem to have a hierarchy. There's a leader who tells others what to do. <clears throat> and the power structure in those groups is negotiated by giving orders or telling stories or joking, and then by challenging the stories and jokes of the other boys. Mm -hmm. Boys' games tend to have winners and losers. And it's also way more accepted for boys to show off, to boast about their skills and to argue who is better at something. Yeah, for sure. So girls play mostly in pairs or in smaller groups. And the center of a girl's social life is often her best friend. This probably applies to you too, right? Mm -hmm. And in that relationship, the key is intimacy, closeness. Many of the girls' activities do not have winners or losers right? Mm -hmm. Girls are expected not to show off. And if they are strong leaders, they're frequently ac accused of being bossy. Yeah, <laughs> You know that too, right? They often simply sit together and they talk. There's less joking and less differences in status. Girls are more focused on being the same and more concerned that they will be liked. Would you say that was the case for you? And what was growing up like for your boyfriend? Was it different? Well, as silly as it is, somehow it is true that girls are raised to interact with one another differently. One of the things that annoys me so much is when I need to be careful about how I lead people. I need to be careful not to be too bossy or else the people I'm in charge of won't like me. Whereas my boyfriend gets respect for the same behavior and gets called a strong leader. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure you're not alone with that experience. 
because based on their upbringing, men have a tendency to use conversations more for negotiations and to achieve and maintain their position of power or respect. So you could say for them, the experience of life is more about independence and avoiding weaknesses and vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. Still, as much as we're trying to raise girls and boys more equally, that's still the case. And for women, conversations are negotiations for closeness. They look for support and they give confirmation and support. So conversations are actually a protection from being pushed away, a struggle to avoid isolation. The main purpose of communication is to create closeness through being vulnerable. Yeah. So maybe to summarize that men use words primarily to convey information and women use words more to experience closeness and intimacy. Mm-hmm. So the woman, or let's say one partner, to include same-sex couples, perceives the other partner's lack of communication as a failure of intimacy. She, he assumes the other person is keeping things from them or has lost interest as they're pulling away. And then to the other partner who's who's pulling away, who's uh, communicating less, it does not occur that talking is the main way of experiencing connection. So in general, still trying to be careful here with generalizations, but in general for women, talk is for interaction and to feel closer to each other and telling things as a way to open up and be vulnerable and listening as a way to show that we care. I also wonder if you've ever asked your boyfriend, what are you thinking? And then he says, nothing. Or you might say, are you okay? And he says, yes. But you can feel that he's not okay. He's preoccupied with something. Mm -hmm. So one partner in the relationship is naturally more open and ready to share his or her thoughts or feelings. And again, in general, for most women, it is natural to express their more fleeting thoughts and opinions. While men seem to assume that these passing thoughts and feelings are not worth talking about, um, speaking them would give them more weight and significance than they feel they deserve. While women have a tendency to naturally speak those thoughts and feelings in private conversations with people they love, while men are perhaps more prone to dismiss their thoughts as soon as they occur as not important enough to talk about, right? Yeah, not important or like putting a burden on the other person. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. So, so far it sounds like women are better communicators? No, <laughs> I can see why you would say that, but I'm not saying that at all. And the point Tannen makes is that both men and women can learn each other's gender lacks. Okay. So what does it, on the other hand, mean for women to speak the male gender lacked mm-hmm. and, and learn that language? One way of speaking that language is to connect through jokes and ribbing. Just as men are perhaps less comfortable expressing their personal thoughts and feelings, we are often not as skilled at joking around and teasing others. And I know you are actually perhaps a bit of a... An, um, Sarcastic. Yeah, you're a little bit different there. You're perhaps a bit of an exception. 
because you're pretty good at sarcastic jokes or teasing and actually speaking that language with your groups of friends, where I think there's lots of male and female friends, so you've practiced that maybe a bit. Yes, although as much as there are certain friends I feel comfortable joking around, when it comes to new environments like my boyfriend's family, who I don't really know, I feel very uncomfortable and don't want to overstep boundaries because then I'm afraid that I wouldn't be liked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it, it and you would even in your case still say that it's maybe a little bit harder for us to speak that language of joking yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so another situation in which we might have to shift into the male gender lect is when we're in a position of authority <clears throat> excuse me as a boss or as a teacher mm-hmm. when i was studying to become a teacher 30 years ago, 35 years ago, many of my fellow male students chose to teach high school rather than the elementary level, the Mm -hmm. primary school level that I was teaching. And I still remember one of them saying to me, what I like about high school is that I can pull the troublemakers, and that would usually be male students, aside, I can pull them out and let them know very clearly that we can have fun unless they piss me off. I can tell them if they piss me off that they'll get kicked out. That always works. And I remember wondering back then, and I still wonder about that today, if that would work as well for female teachers, because I don't think it would. What do you think? You've been a teacher's assistant in a grade nine this year. Do you want to share a bit about that experience? I think it's a lot harder for women to be able to do that. Like I know my female drama teacher walks that line very well and she's able to tell the, some teenage boy students that, okay, there are so many strikes, but once you pass that, you're out. Um, but I find that a lot of these boys have issues respecting authority in general, but it's made even worse by the fact that, at least me in particular, I have trouble dancing that line of being liked and being stern, whereas my teacher has figured that out more than I have. So it's much more of a struggle to get to that point. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely uh, a professional situation where we would have to learn to speak that language and step into Mm -hmm. that role for sure. I also remember thinking when that male um, colleague or fellow student shared that with me, that it seemed really exhausting to me to have (laughs) to discipline like this. But for men, it comes more natural, right? This this domineering over others through language is just something they've learned more than we. So for us, it might be like learning a new language. That's the language of power and status. And I also find having to have that power and status really emotionally exhausting because it's it's like acting. It's like putting on this whole new thing that isn't a part of me to begin with. Mm-hmm. And that's just a question of what we've learned and what we haven't learned, yeah. right? <clears throat> so in public situations, in meetings, for example, the roles are often reversed. While at home, women might talk more. Most men are more comfortable putting themselves on display or claiming public attention for what they have to say in, in, in situations like that. 
Um, I'm actually having an exciting experience right now collaborating with a good friend of mine, and you know about that. Mm -hmm. And he's male, and he's a fellow coach, and we're doing webinars and workshops together. And this piece of negotiating equal talk time is interesting for for us. Um, So something that we're in the process of working out. Because we have, as men and women, naturally maybe different ways of communicating. So what I had also said in my article three years ago is if you have a silent partner at home who says there's nothing to talk about when you want to talk or what's there to talk about, you might need to keep in mind that for many men being home means being free from having to prove themselves to others through that verbal communication. Mm. They're free to be silent. For women, on the other hand, home is a place where they are free to talk, where they feel relaxed enough to talk. Now, here's another interesting topic, nagging. Unfortunately, our differences in communication have given us women also a bad rap. Have you ever wondered why women get labeled as nags? No, but I'm always so afraid of being the girlfriend who nags too much and I always try and word the things I say very carefully to not come across as nagging. Yeah so according to Tannen I found that very interesting the result of that interplay between women's and men's different communication styles um, gives us that label because many women are inclined to do what is asked of them especially if they are asked nicely mm-hmm. Now, here's a quote from Tenendo. Many men are inclined to resist even the slightest hint that anyone, especially a woman, is telling them what to do. A woman will be inclined to repeat a request that doesn't get a response because she's convinced that her husband or partner would do what she asks if he only understood that she really wants him to do it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's something conscious that happens. That must be something at a deeper level. Um, But the woman's assumption here is that he just didn't hear her or forgot what she asked. I don't think as a woman we quite comprehend why he has an issue with being asked to do something. So here's another quote by this author. She says, But a man who wants to avoid feeling that he is following orders may instinctively wait before doing what she asked in order to imagine that he is doing it of his own free will. (laughs) Nagging is the result because each time she repeats the request, he again puts off fulfilling it. So it becomes a bit of a vicious circle, which is sad, right? Mm -hmm. So in other words, nagging is the result of a woman repeating a request unaware of that meta message the man might hear when he's asked to do something. Interesting. And again, if we want to keep it general, right, it could be that one partner hears that while the other partner does not mm-hmm. um, have the same meta message attached to this. Well, yeah, and the thing is also people push each other in that direction too. So if there's a little bit of that existence in the dynamic, people get pushed farther into that direction by one another, regardless of gender. All right. So another gender difference that could show up is when a decision needs to be made. And that was actually one of the challenges the couple I saw this week had. She felt he wasn't communicating before making a decision. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, in an equal partnership, it's natural to consult each other. Mm-hmm. And we can expect decisions to be discussed first and made together by consensus. And what's important to know is that the discussion itself for women is evidence of closeness, of caring, of involvement, of being included. Usually they're not asking their partners to make the decision for them or they're not asking for permission, but they really enjoy this, making this decision as a team. Mm -hmm. Now, what Tannen points out in her book, though, is that men, on the other hand, often feel that they're being held back if they can't just act without talking to their partner first. And how often have I heard men in my sessions or in my circle of friends complain, I feel like I have to ask for permission. Um, So what women perceive as connection might be seen by men as a lack of independence and being controlled by the woman And therefore, they fear being perceived as incompetent or weak, and they feel like they have to ask for permission. Mm -hmm. While most women, I don't think, perceive this as asking for permission. Yeah, I think they perceive it as being included in one another's thoughts and being close and knowing what's going on in your partner's mind. Right, and perhaps being considerate, um, you know, wanting to take their plans and ideas and opinions into account, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest challenges I find that partners have is when it comes to expressing feelings about problems. That's where partners are often talking at cross purposes. When we share with our girlfriends how we feel, they're usually very good at empathizing, right? Would you say that that's the case with your girlfriends? How do they empathize? What do they do? Yeah, I I tell them what I'm feeling and then they respond with, oh, that's normal. Of course you're feeling that way. I would feel the same way too. Or I'm feeling that same way right now. I'm I'm experiencing the same thing. Right. So one way the girlfriends show us that they're empathizing and that we're not alone with our challenges, that they match our problems with Uh, their own troubles Mm -hmm. right and they might share that they feel the same or have had similar experiences in the past so for most women the message itself is not the main point of complaining it's the matter message that counts talking about a problem is a request for an, an understanding troubles talk is intended to create and reinforce rapport between the person sharing and the person listening. Yeah. So men, on the other hand, tend to give the gift of advice or solving a problem. This is absolutely coming from a good intention of wanting to help, right? So they tend to rather give advice or problem solving instead of empathy. Um, so here's another quote by Tannen. But whereas many women appreciate help in fixing mechanical equipment, few are inclined to appreciate help in fixing emotional troubles. So when our partner or friend, now whether male or female, does not give us that closeness and understanding, but rather advice, that could also send the matter message, uh, we're not the same. You have a problem, I have a solution. Mm. Right? We um, We might not even have thought of that because mutual understanding is symmetrical and that connects. Mm -hmm. Giving advice is asymmetrical. 
right? The advice giver is more knowledgeable, um, is, is a little bit one up. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, creates distance. So how does that all help us in our relationships? Well, next time your partner, whether the partner is male or female, does not validate your feelings, but suggests a solution to your emotional struggles, you might want to remember that he or she just missed your matter message. You might need to say to that person, honey, I appreciate this. I don't need a solution. I just want to bounce something off you. I just want to express my feelings. And it would make me feel close and safe if you could just listen and acknowledge my feelings. And I'm actually going to write a blog article about how to acknowledge your feelings <laughs> next, because again, that's something we struggle with in relationships. Mm -hmm. So that's what we might want to do to remember next time we might have been raised differently. Therefore, we speak different gender lects, which is just a different language. It doesn't mean we're um, bound to always communicate this way or we're trapped in in a certain way of interacting. And um, yeah, I, I think that brings us to the end of this podcast, unless you have something else to add. No, I think that's it. Yeah. So if the listeners want to get in touch with me for either individual sessions or sessions with your partner or workshops, you can go to my website and that is greendoorrelaxation.net or you can call me. This is a North American number, 905-286-9466. Or you can email me, of course, at greendoorrelaxation at yahoo.ca. And thank you very much for joining us today. Please leave a comment or feedback and share your own experiences. That's always very welcome. And I hope you join us again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.